This is week three of Christmas at the movies, and if you've been here for any of the other weeks, you know that we're going to have a great time. We're going to hear the gospel. It's going to be presented in a very unusual manner, but we're going to uh, celebrate the greatest gift that was ever given to mankind, and that was the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord, the only thing that could redeem us and bring us back into a relationship with God. And that's what we do here at Promise of Victory. 52 weeks a year, uh, 12 months out of the year. But we, we emphasize it, especially at this time of the year. Uh, we're excited. Uh, there's so much going on during this period of time. I know some of you have family parties and Christmas parties at work. And, and we've got parades and pageants and live nativities. And, and everybody wants to go see Nutcrackers. And everybody wants to go uh, to, to this event and to that celebration. There's so much going on. And we appreciate you being here so much and we pray that we're going to be a blessing to you today more importantly we pray that the Holy Spirit makes a difference in your life today because that's why we do what we do I spent a tremendous amount of time putting messages together praying over messages asking God to speak directly to me that I might be a conduit to get his word out and into you because I know it's the word of God that makes a difference in your life it's it's not the enticing words of men's wisdom but it's the demonstration of power through the Holy Spirit and God's holy word that makes a difference in our life that's the thing that's made a difference in my life and in so many other people when we accept the word of God as truth that's what changes everything and that's what Christmas is all about it's about the word made flesh coming to dwell among us and his name was Jesus we're going to look at a movie today together and we're going to take different sections of it and we're going to talk about the gospel message in between the scenes they call this movie a classic I hate it because it was made after I was born. And I don't like anything made in my lifetime called a classic. My oldest daughter, who will be 30 next year, I remember the first time she went to a uh, middle school dance and they were playing oldies. And the first song that they played was my song from my senior prom. I said, no, 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 that, nay, nay, that is not an oldie. That, that's still real relevant. That was just a couple weeks ago that that was on top 40. I want to hear this oldies stuff. So I don't, like, I don't like calling anything made in my lifetime a classic, but in the last decade or so, that's what they've started referring uh, to this movie as. We're going to look at it because it's about, it's the story of a little nine-year-old boy who wants one Christmas gift more than anything else in the whole world. It's Christmas time, and he is trying to figure out how he's going to find a way to get the one thing he wants the most. Let's look at the trailer together. So if you know the true story of Christmas, you realize that the holiday is about a lot more than these. Obviously, Jesus didn't come just so that we would find a, a month to stress out and get discombobulated about finding the perfect thing to change somebody's life and wrap it up and put bows on it and give some kind of demonstration of doing, outdoing last year's Christmas gifts. That's, that's not why Jesus came. So if you know the real meaning of Christmas, you know that gifts is not the focal point, but let's be honest. Giving and receiving gifts is a big part of Christmas. Without the, the fanfare of, of giving something to someone else, selflessly giving something to someone else, and being humble enough to receive from someone else, Christmas wouldn't be Christmas. 
That's the whole spirit of Christmas, is doing for someone else. And, and honestly, there's nothing wrong with giving presents. I know it takes a bad rap because we do it the wrong way. We overdo it. We overemphasize it. But I can't think of anything more precious than watching a little kid rip the paper off of one of these things and get something that they didn't expect to get. That's one of the greatest joys in life. Can I hear an amen from all the grandmas, grandpas, moms, and dads? Amen. And, and one of the most common questions that you hear this time of the year is, Hey, what'd you get? So I'm going to ask you that as we go through this movie together and dissect this. I want to ask you, Hey, what'd you get? Because by the end of this sermon this morning, I want to I give you a demonstration of... Uh, the greatest gift that has ever been given. And let's not forget that the real meaning of Christmas is about a gift, after all. The real meaning of Christmas is an irreplaceable, one-of-a-kind, and precious gift. James chapter 1, verse 17 puts it like this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. I thought it was from Amazon, but apparently not. It's from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. In other words, God himself is into gift giving. He gives gifts. And Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says it like this. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, For by the grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not your own doing, it's the gift of God. So the Bible makes it clear that Jesus is the greatest gift that you and I will ever receive because it's through His gift that we receive the gift of salvation. And the thing that we have to all remember is that God gave first and God gave best. The angel came and told Mary, and we talked about that for the last two weeks, that God was going to give the whole world a gift through her. And what would the world look like if it wasn't for that gift? As bad as it is right now, can you imagine if we had never seen Jesus? If we had never heard His teachings? If some of us didn't at least try to live up to His standard? Can you imagine what a world this would be Without that gift. The gift that Mary presented to the world has been the most significant and important event in the history of mankind. And it didn't happen in a cathedral. It did not happen with a parade and pomp and circumstance. It happened in the inconvenience of a barn. A stable. A manger with dirty, smelly animals. It seems like that couldn't even be God's plan. Seems too simple. It seems like that could not possibly be the way that God was going to send His Word to be received by us. And yet, it's the most miraculous moment in the history of the world when the infinite became an infant. And He was born to us for us. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that the sons and daughters of man could become the sons and daughters of of God because Jesus was God's gift to a broken sinful world and in a Christmas story 
Ralphie is remembering the Christmas when he was nine years old and there was really only one gift that he really wanted. Anybody remember one particular gift that you got when you were little? When you were young? You rem- Does anybody remember like one particular thing that you got that you waited maybe months for? Kids today don't know what it's like to, to not get gifts like all year long. Uh, and I'm a December baby. So I got the shaft every year, because <clears throat> by the time my birthday rolled around, us, us poor people that have uh, birthdays anywhere near Christmas, parents always used the excuse, well, you know Christmas is coming up. So, so my, my birthday was always a lot less lackluster than, let's say, my children's have been. And kids today don't understand what it's like to not be able to go on a phone and hit a button and then have a package show up on the porch. Uh, I, they don't know a thing about going through the Sears catalog and circling the stuff for, for, for all my people here that's under 30, catalogs were these ancient books that would show up around Christmas time in your mailbox and uh, they, would, they would show you all the stuff that you wanted that you didn't know existed out there in the world. It was kind of like Amazon before the internet was invented. Okay. I, I, saw, I saw my young people not understanding what a catalog was. So, um, so what is it that you're supposed to do with a gift? There's three things that you have to do, uh, uh, or two things that you have to do with a gift, and then a third thing that you should do with a gift. The very first thing that has to happen when someone presents you with a gift is you have to receive it. A, a gift presented but never received loses all of its purpose, and you never gain any benefit if somebody gives you something and you don't receive it. Mary had to receive Jesus... Before he was ever born. The angel appeared to her and said, uh, you're going to be highly favored among women. And the Holy Ghost is going to come on you and you're going to be with child. And and she said, how could that be? I've never known a man. And he said, it'll happen supernaturally through the Holy Spirit. And she said, let it be. She had to receive him before she could present him. Because you have to receive a gift. And, And everyone has the opportunity to receive the gift of Jesus But not everybody does. And we're going to talk about the reason why some people don't. But we know that it's a fact because John chapter 1 verse 1 says that he came to his own, his own people, and they would not receive him. But then it says that the ones who did receive him, to them he gave them power to become sons and daughters of God. So after you receive a gift, the next thing that is imperative is that you open the gift. Amen? That's the fun part. When it comes to the gift of Jesus, though, you don't open that gift. When you receive the gift of Jesus, you don't open it. It opens you. And you have to be willing to allow yourself to be open to the gift of Jesus Christ. And too many people this day and age are walking around churches carrying the gift and never opening themselves up to it. We, we walk around and in and out of church houses all the time and we carry the gift with us and we know who He is, but we've never availed ourselves to Him because we know that opening ourselves up to the gift means that we have to change some things that we would rather not change. So we've received the knowledge of the gift, but the gift is doing us no good. We can post things on Facebook about the gift, but the gift doesn't help us. And we can tell people we know what the gift is, where he lives, and we go to his house, but we don't get any of the benefits of it. 
because we've never opened ourselves to the gift. And you can't really rejoice over a present that you haven't opened yet. And you certainly can't get any benefit from one that you've not opened. So that's why some people treat the gift of Jesus like they treat some of the gifts you're going to give them this year. They open it, they smile politely, and then they return it for something they want more. And that's what a lot of people do with the gift of Jesus Christ. So when we want something really bad in life, it can make us do some crazy things. I've been doing full-time ministry for a long time. I've watched a lot of people go through a lot of things. And it never ceases to amaze me what people will get used to. And what people can talk themselves into believing. And some people have received the gift of Christ, but because they never opened themselves up to the gift, they often fantasize about other gifts that they want more. They, they like carrying the gift of Christ, but there's some other things they're in the market for. You're not going to help me. You're afraid your neighbor's going to get uptight. So let me, let me just express it to you like this. Even when things aren't practical, beneficial, helpful, and will actually harm us, we will take the wrong gift and leave the right gift. The thing that's going to help us get closer to God doesn't mean as much to us as the things that we focus our minds on. So even when it's not practical, we fantasize about things that we want. As you can see, Ralphie's got that Red Rider BB gun on the brain. And it consumes his thoughts. He's dreaming about it. He's fantasizing about it. More importantly, he is always scheming, trying to make sure that his mom knows what he wants because more than anything, he wants what he wants. Sometimes you want something so badly that you don't realize that what you want isn't the gift you really need. And the gift you need will often not be the gift that you want. And that's why God is in control and we're not. Because I've lived enough days to know that I'm thankful God hasn't always given me what I thought I wanted. Because I'm impulsive and I am self-deprecating and I will make choices based on a moment in time that I think is going to last forever. Some of you are grateful that he didn't give you the spouse you begged him for. And some of you ought to be thankful he didn't give you the house that you begged him for. That he didn't give you the promotion. That he didn't give you the job. And no matter how badly you want it, it doesn't always mean that you're going to get it. And there's several reasons why you don't get from God everything you want from God. But I'm just going to go over a few of them with you this morning. Maybe, just maybe... You're asking God for something that you're not ready for. Did you ever think about God knows better than you do? Have you, has anybody lived enough days to realize God's smarter than them? It took me a minute. It took me longer. I'm embarrassed to tell you that I thought I could outthink God for a long time. I thought he didn't understand my situation. He just doesn't know me like I know me. He doesn't know these other people that I have to work with. They're heathens. And, and he doesn't know them. They're not in fellowship with him. And I, it took me longer than I would like to admit to believe that God was smarter than me. But once I came around to his way of thinking, I realized that, that there's several reasons why God considers me not ready for what I think I want. 
The first reason is sometimes there's sin in our life. And, and, and despite what the, what the culture tells us uh, about God being love, and He is, he is love, it, He's all-consuming love, but those of us that are parents know that sometimes love means you have to say no. And it's not loving to take all the boundaries off and allow them to do whatever their heart desires because that's recklessness. Uh, we have to set up boundaries for children to keep them from harming themselves because they're impulsive. And we have to tell them no to keep them safe because by saying no, it's a demonstration of love. So sometimes there's sin in your life. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Psalms 66 and 18 that if I have cherished sin in my heart, God won't listen to me. Because He's not listening to us to follow after what we want. And it's not that God's unable to hear. It's just that He chooses not to because we don't have the right relationship. Major disobedience, living a lifetime and a lifestyle of disobedience, leads to Him not even listening to us. In 1 Samuel 8 and 18 it says, when the day comes that you cry out for relief from God, the Lord will not answer you because of your disbeliefs and your sins. Sometimes, sometimes you're asking God for something that belongs to somebody else. And God cannot provide for you and them the exact same thing. Uh, let, let me break it down for you like this. In the simplest terms, when you and somebody else are both praying for the same thing, somebody's going to be disappointed with God. Like a little child gets up and it's snowing outside and they're praying, Jesus, please let us have a snow day. Jesus, please let us have a snow day. Jesus, please call off school. And mom's in the next room praying a different prayer. <laughs> by, by the time the announcement is made about school, one of them is going to be saying, God, why? Because either this kid are going to be going to school and be questioning their faith, or mama's going to be going, oh, Lord Jesus, you're going to give me strength today so I don't kill this youngin'. For instance, every, every Sunday, today about 1.30, 2 o'clock, after about halftime, there's going to be people on one side of Pittsburgh praying, Jesus, help my team. They, they, they have no offensive line, and their running game stinks. And our quarterback doesn't see his targets. And they're praying, Jesus, help my Steelers. And then there's people in Baltimore praying, Lord, you got to help us beat these Steelers because if we lose to the Steelers, we might as well uh, quit for the rest of the season because they, they are rotten this year. So we, somebody's going to be disappointed in their Lord because they're both praying for the same, their teams to win, but only one team can come out. How about two believers show up at the same location for one job? And they're both praying, Lord, help me, have, have favor on me, your servant. Oh, your lowly servant. I've come here today, Lord, to execute your favor in this place. Allow me to flow in your favor and grant me what needs to be open so that I... And they're both praying it. In other words, we have to trust that God hears our prayers, but that He does according to His plan and not our own. Amen? Because sometimes it's that God knows something that you don't know. Uh, when we're going we're gonna to watch uh, this, this clip together, and, and you're going to realize um, sometimes trusting God is much better than trusting what you've heard 
And it's always better than trusting what you want. Ralphie. Everybody kept telling Ralphie that he could not handle what he was asking for. They all kept telling him he was too young. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't experienced enough. He wasn't mature enough to handle the thing that he wanted the most. Could it be possibly that there are things you think you can handle that God knows better? That you're asking him for things in your life that you think will make you complete, that you think will make you happy, that you think will make you content. And God withholds things from us because he knows more than we know. See, God has a bigger perspective than we do. He can see farther down the road than we can. He's already seen what's coming around the corner. He's already saw the consequences of your choice. You don't realize this, but every prayer that you get answered brings with it baggage. Every blessing brings a burden. And God knows whether or not you are going to be able to handle the burden. And your prayer life would look drastically different if you knew what God knows. Some things you are asking God and begging God for, you would stop on a, on a dime if you realized what it was actually going to consist of or look like when it showed up in your life. No parent gives a child everything they ask for because you see danger that they're not aware of. In other words, God will guard against your prayers interfering with your purpose. Because he is more concerned about your destiny than he is your satisfaction in your moment. See, God has a better plan for you than you do. Every parent in this room will testify that you think more highly of your children than they do. You want more for them generally than they do. You want success for them more than they do. You want to see them work harder than they do because you want to see them reach higher than they do. God is the same way with us. And we don't just tell God what we want. We tell God how we want it, how we want it packaged, how we want it presented, and what time to show up with it. And, and what I've noticed about myself is that when I start telling God what I want, it's always the easiest way. It's the way with the least amount of stress and the least amount of pain. But that's not always God's way. As a matter of fact, Isaiah 55 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are my way, your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, the problem is, God doesn't want to use the easiest way in your life. He wants to use the best way for your life. And the best way is growth. He wants to mature you. He wants to make you in his image and likeness. He is more interested in your character than he is your comfort. You would rather take the comfortable path, but God wants you to take the path that's going to make you more like him. And you don't realize this, but you're praying about problems that are never going away. Because some problems are permanent. And the reason they're permanent is because they're part of his plan. And some of us will get disappointed with God because we're asking Him for gifts that aren't gifts that He's willing to give. If you read your Bible, you'll find out that we do believe prayer changes things. 
However, some things will never change in your life because they're part of God's plan for your life. If, if you don't think that you're uh, an exception to the rule, Paul, the apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, I've had this thing wrong in my life and I've prayed three times that God would take it away from me. And God's answer was, no, my grace is sufficient. He, God said no three times to the man who wrote two-thirds of your New Testament. David in the Old Testament wanted to build God a house. And God told him no because he had a different plan. That plan was for Solomon to build it. See, it's easy to get discouraged when you ask for one gift and you get a different one. And he got... A deranged Easter Bunny outfit that made him look like a pink nightmare. And his father asked him, are you happy wearing that? And and one of the reasons that we end up discouraged with the gifts that God gives us is because we live under a delusion in this generation that we're supposed to be happy. We, We live under the delusion, number one, that we deserve to be happy. And number two, that God wants us to be happy. Both of those things are inaccurate. Because uh, you don't deserve anything. And God would care more about your salvation than he ever would your happiness. And there's a reason for that. Because he knows, better than we know, that when you follow happy, it takes you off course. When the job doesn't make you happy or stops making you happy, you just go find a new one. When the relationship stops making you happy, you go get into a new one. When the house doesn't make you happy, you go get a bigger one. But what you don't realize is uh, what you have doesn't make you happy. You have to find happy created on the inside of you because there are people with a lot less than you've got that have found a way to be happy with it. Amen. You create your own happy. God provides joy. And joy is eternal and it's a wellspring that comes up from inside of you. But you have to create your own happy. And and many times God wants to use what you're going through to help other people. And this is the part about God's plan for our lives that doesn't feel much like a gift. Because God wants to send you through some tough times. Because he wants you to use what you've been through To help other people that are facing what you have accomplished. Who do you think started uh, ministries to addicts? It was people who used to be an addict. People start ministries to hurting people who have been through the hurt. And they want to help other people be able to get through what they have already been through. Paul the Apostle in the New Testament, he wanted to go to Rome. And here's why he wanted to go. He wanted to go to Rome to preach. And there's no doubt in my mind that if Paul would have went to Rome, Romans would have got saved. Because everywhere Paul went, revival broke out. People got saved. His heart was pure. He wanted to go preach the gospel and have people get saved. It would sound like a great plan, but God didn't let him go to Rome. As a matter of fact, what happened to Paul was he went to jail. He asked to go preach. And instead, he got put in jail. That seems like an unfair gift. And it doesn't even seem like a gift.
But what you don't realize is that sometimes God has given you a gift to give to others. Because while Paul was in prison, he wrote a letter to the church at Ephesus. He wrote a letter to the church at Coloss. He wrote a letter to a man named Philemon. And he wrote a letter to a church in Philippi. Those letters are now contained in the New Testament of your Bible. Philippians and Exodus and Colossians and Philemon are now a gift that Paul gave to us. Had he went to Rome, Romans would have gotten saved. But because he went to jail, I heard the gospel. And not only did I hear the gospel... I heard things like, be anxious for nothing, but in all things with prayer and supplications that your requests be known unto God. I know today that I can go to God with my prayer request because Paul went to prison. It was inconvenient for Paul. It wasn't comfortable for Paul. But it was a gift from heaven to the rest of the body of Christ that is still blessing people today because sometimes God puts you in a bad position so that he can give you a gift to give to other people. So be careful when you ask God to use you. Because he won't always put you on a stage with a microphone. Sometimes he'll put you in uncomfortable situations so that your gift can be given to other people. I don't always understand what God's doing for my, my life. And I don't always understand his plan. But I don't have to understand the gift to know that his motivation is always love. Because no matter where I'm at or what I'm going through, God still Shows me his love. Your greatest test of your faith will be when you ask God for one thing. And he gives you something else. And, and, and we often think that if we know why bad things are happening, it will make it easier for us. But that's not true. It's, it's not true. Knowing why bad things happen doesn't make the bad thing go away. When the disciples saw a man who was blind since birth, they asked Jesus. They said, is it this man's fault or is it his parents' fault? And Jesus said, doesn't matter. He'd still be blind. If you knew whose fault it was, it wouldn't make any difference in the world because it doesn't help the man's blindness. Here's what helps. He's blind for the glory of God. And so no matter what you're going through, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. It, it's irrelevant why you're in the situation. What is important is that you realize no matter what I'm going through, it's for the glory of the Lord. And before we look at this last clip, I want to remind you of a saying that my grandmother used to tell me all the time, and you've heard it too. Be careful what you ask for. You just might get it. Did you have a nice Christmas? Mother's always right. Everybody kept telling Ralphie, you can't handle this. You'll shoot your eye out. He found out. He couldn't handle it. He shot his eye out. The real message of Christmas is about God gives us what we need in spite of what we think we want. Because we soon find out that what we really wanted after all was always what we really needed. Because Jesus is the answer to everything. And you think you want something else, so you ask God for all of these other gifts. But the real gift that you need isn't always the one you've been asking for. So, what'd you get? What, what did you get? I'm going to tell you what I got. I, I, I got the perfect gift. I got the perfect gift, and his name is J-E-S-U-S. -S. 
You know, some people are real hard to buy for. Have you figured this out yet? I don't, I don't know if anybody else has this problem in their life, but um, I have a hard time picking out gifts for a lot of people. My favorite way of shopping is send me a link. I, because I know it's what they wanted. I, I, I go, I'll click on it. I'll go in. I'll put my credit card information on and then a box shows up on my porch. I don't even bother wrapping it anymore. I'm like, here you go. It's the thing you wanted. And I know that it's, I love giving gifts and I love surprising people, but I, I, this, this link thing has changed everything. So I don't have to, it takes the guesswork out. But some of you are trying so hard to find the perfect gift to give somebody else, but I've already received the perfect gift. Because the word perfect means complete, lacking nothing, and without blemish or defect. And a lot of us are looking for happiness and completeness and wholeness in a lot of places that we're never going to find it. Because we're not receiving the perfect gift of Jesus Christ. See, the world will never offer you what you need. The world will only offer you what you want. And what you want is very seldom what you, not what you need. So Jesus is the perfect gift. So what did you get? Well, I know what I got. I got a personal gift. Jesus knows you like nobody else knows you. Did you know that? The Bible says he is intimately involved in your life. That God knows even the hairs that are on your head. So he knows all of your faults and defects. He knows all your problems and all the uh, persuasions that you have. And he still wants to be close to you. Do you know why you don't like telling people your problems? Because you're afraid that if they find out what's wrong with you, they won't want to be close to you. But when other people are running away, he is a personal gift that runs towards you. Because even though he knows everything that's wrong with you, he still wants to be close to you. He's a personal gift. But he's also a powerful gift. Yes, he is. He, he, he has the power that you need to overcome the darkness in your life, to get well, to become whole. Jesus is a powerful gift that brings the deliverance and blessing to you. So you have to receive a gift, and you have to open the gift, and then you have to give a gift or be the gift. See, when you receive the gift of Jesus and you open yourself up to him then you start becoming Jesus to the world around you. He didn't just save you to get you to heaven. He saved you to influence your world. That means you've, you, you start doing what Jesus would do everywhere you, do, you go. You're the only Jesus that some people are going to see today. You're heaven's gift to somebody. So go and do it well. Become the gift that heaven has sent into their existence. What'd you get? You stand around me long enough, I'm going to tell you what I got. Because I've got something inside of me that I want to share with people. If you spend any time around me at all, I'm going to tell you what I got for Christmas. Because Jesus has changed my life. And I want him to change yours too. So I'm going to tell you about this gift that's inside of me. Because I want to share the gift. I want to be the gift. And Christ wants to be born into your life. He wasn't just born in a manger one time and it's done. The Bible says he's still very much alive. But he has to be born into your life. 
I read a story years ago, and I'm sure it's made up, but it, it's fitting in a situation like this. There's a little boy named Johnny sitting in church beside his mama back when children's church was beside mama. And the pastor decided it was time to take up the offering, so they started passing the offering plate. And it got to their aisle, and little Johnny jumped up from his mama's side and ran and jumped in the basket. And his mother was flabbergasted and embarrassed. And she said, Johnny, what are you doing? Get out of that basket. And he said, the preacher said, everybody should give something. So I thought I would give God everything I got. And some of you need to jump in the basket today. Some of you, some of you have played around and you've carried this gift of Jesus for a long time and you like to show him off especially at funerals you show him off on Facebook but you never really opened yourself up and received the gift of Jesus because when you do that your life changes he, he makes a difference to those who have opened themselves you stop seeking the things of the world you stop seeking things that make you happy because this gift becomes more precious than anything else in your life. So carrying it around is not enough. You need to receive it. You need to open it. And you need to become the gift to the world around you. And if you're, if you're here this morning and, and you know that you have received the gift, you've, you know who Jesus is, you know what He did for you, you're thankful for the gift, but you've never really opened yourself up and made a difference to the world around you you need to jump in the basket this morning you need to give everything to him because he already gave everything to you if you're waiting on him to do something else for you I'm afraid that that deed's already done he already accomplished everything that needs to happen for you and your father to have fellowship together. So this morning, maybe somebody needs to jump in the basket. Maybe some of you are just tired of carrying it around. Your arms are getting weak. And you're just tired of playing like you know who the, he is. And you've never really made that commitment. You've never really said, I want to give you everything I have. God, I'm going to give you my life for Christmas I know it's not much I know I've messed it up and at this point I don't even know why you would want it but the preacher said that you would run toward me when everybody else was running away from me so God I'm giving you myself for Christmas if you say that this morning God's going to receive you he loves you that much pastor you don't know what I've done it's irrelevant you say, I'm sorry, I repent. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to be that way anymore. God receives that and pours His love on you. Because all this time, He's just been waiting for you to receive the gift. When everybody else runs away from you, He stands around begging you to receive His gift. 
I hope this morning that somebody, either in this room or watching on live stream, that you're opening the gift right now. You're, you're, you're ready to jump in the basket and give him everything. Parts of your life that you've been holding back, you thought were too ugly, you thought were too painful, you thought were too dirty, or maybe it's just something you've been holding on to because you don't want to let go of it. If you'll, if you'll let him work in you, God will draw you into him. And he'll help you overcome all of that. But it's all up to you to decide, do you want the gift? Do you want this more than you want the relationship? Do you want the gift more than you want the lifestyle? Do you want the gift more than you want your choices? Do you want the gift more than you want the world? When you decide you want the gift of salvation through Christ, there's not a power in darkness that can keep you out of his hand so if there's somebody here this morning that's ready to say I want to give God everything I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand this morning and we're going to pray for you there's hands up everywhere look at this you're not you're not by yourself I'm ready to jump in the basket I need to give God everything Father I know you didn't get much when you got me, but I'm thankful for the gift. I'm thankful that you still want to bless me and present me with the gift of salvation. That you want to bless me with the gift of being in my life. God, I give you my everything right now. I give you all I am. Make me like you. Help me fall in love more and more with you every day and turn away from this world. I love you, Jesus. And every person in this room that's prayed the prayer of salvation and believed in their heart, repeat after me, I am saved. That's the gift. That's the gift of Christmas. If you're saved today, it's because God loved you and refused to allow you not to be presented with that gift. You have to take it. You have to open yourself up to it. You have to walk in it and become that gift. But He refused to not present it to you. He sent His only begotten Son to present you with a perfect gift with a powerful gift with a personal gift have you received what'd you get what'd you get for Christmas it's not what I get it's what I gave I gave him my all and if you can say that today you'll have a beam on your face all through Christmas season because you'll know I'm saved I've got the greatest gift Amen. Amen. Have we given out the tickets? Everybody has a ticket.